0: Hit me.
1: From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for Suck Time, the number one comedy podcast about comedy podcasts. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast podcaster Mark Mar- Hershaw.
2: Yes, indeed. Mark Hershon here with Epi69 of Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. Recommended listening by Stitcher Smart Radio, by the way, if you're a podcaster just starting out and want to get a handle on this baby-wide cast medium. It's true. Just a couple of days ago, Stitcher mentioned that my appearance on the Podcaster 101 show is featured in their So You Think You Can Podcast Top 10 Helpful Tips section. I'll have a link to it right at the top of this episode's blog entry on our home site at succotashshow.com. I've been tweeting this past week that Succotash will have a table set up in the podcast lab at this year's Los Angeles Podcast Festival, which is happening in just a couple of weeks, October 4th through the 6th in Santa Monica. At least I hope I have a table. i <laughs> just kind of trying to bowl my way in. You can get more information and tickets at lapodfest.com. Anyone can stop by our table if we actually get a table like i just mentioned but i'll have a -A succotash banner and we'll be giving away these cool magnetic buttons they're kind of like pins without the pins i just found them online and ordered up a bunch with our succotash logo so stop by if you're at the fest and if you're a comedy podcaster we will have our mic set up and i will do an interview with you which we can feature here on the show Some friends of Succotash are in town this next week, in town meaning San Francisco at the SF Improv Festival, and the friends are the cast of Illusionoid, one of our favorite podcasts. Paul Bates, Lee Smart, and Nug Nargang, the best name in podcasting for my money, will be performing on Wednesday night, September 18th at the Eureka Theater in downtown San Francisco. So if you're in the Bay Area, join me in checking these guys out live and in person. And I will actually be performing live and in person, too, a little later in the month. On Friday, September 27th, I'm going to be part of the Marsh Jam, a new improv free-for-all that's going up at the Marsh Cabaret in Berkeley. I think that's at 8.30, and you can find out more at themarsh.org. I mentioned last episode that the brains behind the chill-pack Hollywood Hour, Dean Haglund and Phil Larness, have just finished principal photography on their new movie, The Lady Killers. Oh, and that reminds me, we got an email in the old tweet sack... Later this week, which I'll read now rather than hold it until later because it comes from Dean and Phil. And I quote, Mr. Hershon! exclamation point, thank you for your kind contribution to our feature film, The Lady Killers. At a time when so many worthwhile projects seek financial assistance through crowdsourcing, we really do appreciate everyone's willingness to support independent film. We are passionate about this film and believe it truly has a chance to be that rarity, a dark comedy about meaningful topics that can resonate with audience for many years to come. Every dollar we receive from donations like yours is ending up on the screen, and therefore, every single dollar truly does make an impact. We have just successfully completed our 24 days of principal photography, and we continue to need help. So please help us spread the word. So that's why I'm reading the letter. Also, let's make plans to further discuss our idea of taking over the world via a new podcast network. Rick Overton is going to be our guest on Monday. Can't wait to ask him what shows, if any, he likes. Anyway, more soon. In the meantime, thanks again, kind sir. Sincerely, Dean and Phil. So uh, thank you, boys, for the, for the letter. And uh, the uh, Rick Overton um, interview will be dropping uh, today while I'm recording this. So uh, I hope that went well. Look forward to hearing it. I just talked to Ricky and uh, he was excited about doing the show. Uh that's very nice you guys. And uh by the way, you can still help those boys out if you want to be able to tell folks you're a hotshot Hollywood associate producer. At least that's what I tell people because I gave their their crowdsourcing some money. Just visit the com and pop some coinage in the kitty. What I like about the fact they've finished uh the main chunk of the movie is that they're once again focusing more attention on their podcast and then because of that, more focus on this podcast as well.
3: You know what I'm looking forward to, to getting back to, though, is discussing with our friend Mark yeah uh, of Succotash our idea about starting our own network.
0: Oh, yeah. This
3: Won't that be idea. exciting?
0: Yes, now that we can work internationally like this, surely we can uh, fan out across the globe with a network of podcasts that everybody wants to hear.
3: Am I really... An international location? Because that's news to me. (laughs) Nevertheless, uh, let's plow forward. Well, you see, Um, no,
0: I'm part of the California Succeeding uh, Organization, (laughs) so anything outside of California is international.
3: No, no, the news would be if California succeeds, not if it succeeds. (laughs) Wow, this is the kind of comedy we'd stored up for a month. Wow. Uh, you know, speaking of comedy, next week's show is uh, quite possibly going to feature uh, one of our favorite uh, comedians, will it not?
4: It will. Uh, just looking at the text that just came in, it sounds like it's going to, yeah.
3: And one of the things that I can't wait to ask him about, and this is apropos of uh, Mark Hershon and Suckatash, I can't wait to ask him what, if any, podcasts he listens to. Ah. You know, because I've always enjoyed his comedy, yeah. uh, studied his comedy when I was... Uh, Back in high school, even. So I cannot wait for uh, next week's show. But don't kid yourself. We continue to have a great show today.
2: (laughs) There's a little piece of Chill Pack Hollywood Hour mentioning Succotash, which I like to play. Uh, uh, I am looking forward to pushing those plans for a podcast network forward, by the way, with uh, with Phil and Dean. That should be good fun. Uh, By the way, you can find them at chillpackhollywood.com. And uh, you can also... Of course, get their show from iTunes and Stitcher Smart Radio and the other places that they talk about at the end of their podcast. Um, let's see, you know, if we do get this network up and running, maybe we can give our honorary associate producer, Tyson Sainer, some work because Lord knows he's been doing a great job slipping me some clips. In fact, most of the podcast slices you're going to hear on today's episode have been bagged and tagged by Mr. Saner himself. In addition to our Saner clips, we've got another double dose of burst this episode, a Henderson's Pants classic spot, and the final episode of Season 1 of Boganwood, the podcast miniseries from Jason McNamara. But before we get to any of those things, let's check in with your...
1: The 10 most active shows in the
5: Stitcher Top 100 Comedy podcast.
2: exclusive to succotash because really who else would do this here is the list of the 10 most active podcasts on stitcher's top 100 comedy podcast list this week these are not the top 10 these are the shows that have moved the most up or down the list at 16 bert's podcast is back up 12 points at 29 the champs with neil brennan and moshe kasher up 29 places at 45 Jordan, Jesse, go up 31 places. And we have a clip from Jordan, Jesse, go at 61 Smodcast Phoebe down 27 at 66. The David Felbin show down 17 at 70 dining with Doug and Karen up 25 at 78. A show I've not heard about before called the read down 28 at uh, 85. The insanity check is up 21. We have a clip from that as well. At 86 this week, the Jack Blood Show is up 16 places, and at 98, Keith and the Girl podcast down 20 spots. What about Succotash's Stitcher rank? Well, on one hand, it would seem to really blow we're down about uh, to about uh, I think we're at number 6721 but if you consider that there are over 100,000 comedy podcasts that's not too bad anyway there's our
1: the 10 most active shows in the Stitcher top 100 comedy
5: podcast List. Yeah!
2: let's sample a taste or two out of the Stitcher top 100 comedy podcast shall we Jordan Jesse Go moved up 31 spots this past week, so that's a pretty good place to start. This is one of those shows in the Maximum Fun podcast arsenal, and they're about to hit episode 300, so you know they've got a handle on this podcast thing. Featuring Jesse Thorne and Jordan Morris, they co-host what they refer to as a freewheeling comedy podcast about life in your 20s. Man, that was a while ago for me. The most recent episode featured a visit with comedian and writer Liz Feldman, and they got into talking about a place Jesse likes to take his
6: two-year-old. When you have a Mm -hmm. two-year-old, two-year-olds need to do things Mm -hmm. or else they freak the fuck out. And there's nothing you just a two-year-old is not old enough to do almost any indoor out of the house activity. All there is – there's one thing. There's this, like, indoor playground near our house called Awesome Playground. So I took him there. There was a kid there named Dillinger. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. No. I thought that was – That's a name? I thought that was pretty good. Took it home to my wife. She told me the last time she was there, there was a kid there named Laser. Yes.
3: Yes. Okay, uh, I'm. What, what is the source of these weird names? Is this hipster parents? Oh, yeah, yeah, this is hipster totally parents.
6: Okay, so, okay. It, so yeah. what happens is on there's two. sides. I don't sides know if there was of, like if maybe laser is some sort of ethnic name that I'm no, too dumb to know about. There's two sides of my neighborhood. Okay. I go to the hipster side. That's what I what you could call the Marin side. Mm-hmm. It's where Mark lives, um, and I visit the this business, which is awesome w- playground. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And. On our side it's it's a, it's a little bit of a different ethnic population, mm-hmm. hipster level, et cetera. But that's it. Once you've done that, you can just keep going back there because for one thing mm-hmm. it's expensive. And he's not like old enough to go to the movies. We literally this What is, about Riddick? This no, it's not quite old enough for Riddick, although Riddick okay. is almost action packed enough for it.
1: <laughs> sure. I listen, I highly recommend the Butler. Um, I don't know. For a two-year-old specifically? Well, you know, you get a lot of history and then you don't have to send them to sixth
6: grade. (laughs) So the the butler is just a whole sixth grade education. It's
1: a sixth grade history and you get all your presidents, you get Oprah.
6: He keeps saying to me, it's funny (laughs) you say that. Kravitz is in it. (laughs) He keeps saying to me, daddy, daddy, eyes on the prize, eyes on the prize because he wants to watch the legendary... PBS documentary "Eyes on the Prize" about the civil rights movement. This might be a faster way for him to get the same content.
1: Yeah, and honestly, more
3: entertaining, better wigs.
6: Right. Sure. No, yeah. The PBS wig budget is is it's pitiful. <laughs> they it's didn't pitiful. even they didn't even put a wig on Martin Luther King in that in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so all we have. Wait, left... what do you
3: could you could we just give you paint a quick picture of awesome Awesome Town, awesome playground. Awesome Playground. Okay,
6: okay so it's. It's the size of a large storefront, mm-hmm. okay. um, a lo- you know, large storefront on a regular uh, commercial street, not like a big box store or something like that. It
7: sounds pretty good. Not awesome yet. Go on. Um,
6: <laughs> has So-so Playground. It eh. uh... has padding on the ground, you know, like the kind of padding like a gymnastics mat. Sure. Sure. I was expecting that. I'll be honest. Uh, in the far back, there's a bounce house. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, in between, there's just some fucking... You know, play kitchen. Okay. You know, like a play kitchen and just. I guess a they, just, shed.
8: they they couldn't call it meh. Playground.
1: I know. It
6: yeah. really, when Teresa, to, when my wife Teresa awesome told me. It's awesome in quotation it, marks. I mean, my God. I assumed that it was going to have ball pits. Yeah, I at was, the that bare was My minimum. first question yeah, yeah. was going
1: to be where's the fucking ball pit?
6: There no ball pits, no nothing. It's just all they're offering is you're indoors. It's air conditioned, and I think, secondarily, <laughs> honestly, I think to many of these parents they're offering, and unlike the park, the other children here are white, <laughs> um, which I think you know that's a that's a sort of culturally problematic thing about awesome. Yeah, there's Playground. no
1: sign that says that there though. No, okay, no, you're thinking not...
6: of the movie The
2: Butler. Oh, you're right. <laughs> Want to get yourself some maximum fun? You can find Jordan and Jesse Go at maximumfun.org, as well as on iTunes and over on Stitcher Smart Radio.
3: Hi, this is Dana Carvey, and you're listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast.
2: The Insanity Check Show, which just got into the top 100 on Stitcher's comedy podcast this week at number 85, is hosted by Chris, Rice, Dylan, and a few guests here and there. The show focuses on crazy things, according to their website, while working in the corporate world, politics, the entertainment industry, and society as a whole. Now, these guys have been dropping shows twice a week. I envy them. And so they recently sailed past 400 episodes. Their latest, Epi 408, is entitled, and I'm probably delivering this wrong, the Can't You Niggas Troll Convention. Here's a smidge.
9: There's a there's a certain element of people these days who are, they've always existed They've been there for themselves, and they only use you to get themselves ahead. But they'll sit there, even if they don't like you, you don't think they don't like you that much. Like, there have been – I have had ex-girlfriends that I have had bitter knockdown fights out with, right? Verbally, not physically. But if we – you know, they call me on some – look, I have nobody else to call. I really got an issue right now. I'm not going to be like, well, bitch, you broke up with me. (laughs) Go fuck yourself. One
10: thing, thing, Chris – you know what, I didn't even need you to say I actually have to explain that verb like say that verbally and not physically. If someone had to like misconstrue that, there's some fucked arts. Right. The no, one. I know. But don't. You know. My bad, bro. No, no, I,
9: I know I had to do that because you know, some people, you know, they're too stupid to realize otherwise. But it's just, you know, there's supposed to be a, a human decency element of this. So even if you don't like her, you still go to her and be like, Listen, I know what you're doing, you gotta stop. I catch you again, then I am gonna go to the supervisor, but you gotta stop this now you know and I mean because it's just there's a difference between not liking somebody and then finding someone like this out because like you said if she's buying food stamps off, it comes
10: off of being so spiteful and the thing is okay let's say if she doesn't buy the food stamps off that homeless person that homeless person is still going to sell them food stamps to someone else and what if he sells it to someone else who's going, who's going to end up robbing taking it or maybe end up robbing them or or but, undercutting them it's, it's more or less like you know what he is doing something wrong I'd rather him be doing it to
4: Something like know. that
10: to me,
9: right? Then but rather, but even know. even then, Kev, it's like being beyond that part. Just like that, like and you said this before. It's like that. Should, it hurt if she's buying food stamps, that should tell you that she's struggling too. Like, I be honest. Like,
10: <laughs> I, I mean, I, I hate talking about my own salary, but like you know, three years ago, I was. Not that far removed from, like, what the poverty line is in the state of Maryland to qualify for food stamps. Right. I mean, yo, shit is, shit is fucking rough out there. Right? I got a question. I got a question. Um, Don't they have government programs where people go around and hand out needles to users so they at least know? They're not like spreading diseases and shit, and
6: using a clean needle when they use.
9: Um, I don't know if it's a government program, really? but there, I know there's programs out there for give uh, a uh, needle exchanges. I know they yeah. do that. Yeah. So uh, to me, the selling of well, Chris, they got to be like getting
10: the needles from somewhere, dude. The clean needles to yeah. hand them out.
9: But I don't know. I don't know if because the reason why is I don't know if the government allows it because you know people act fucking stupid. And so when that you say would be like a nonprofit or yeah, I think I think it's a probably a like nonprofit. That. They yeah. know they can't. They know they
10: can't stop them. Yeah. But mm-hmm. at least they're trying to do something – they're going to do what they can to educate that person to stop, like stop using needles or get off. But until then, they're going to try to keep other people around them safe.
9: Well, it's like the programs that – the nonprofits that go out and hand out condoms to uh, prostitutes. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's just – right. it's, it's kind of like that. It's like, listen, you know, it's illegal what you're doing. You shouldn't be doing it. But if you're going to do it, here, let's at least be safe. But even – to me, this is even a different case. It's just like you know this person – to me – and you said this, this woman who turned her in is a church woman – That means to me, you know that this woman, even you don't like her, is struggling too. What would Jesus do? Would he be like, like, "Well, I'm gonna turn in. you in," or She's I'm like, gonna- "She seriously
10: is one of those people. I come Fuck off you, that will come off to me as like one of them church posing people. Like, oh yeah, I got this, and uh, my church is gonna donate this." And I'm like, "Okay, you doing all? You trying to do all this good shit to do? You know, you posturing yourself, and make yourself look good, and then what? You gonna sell your fucking coworker out like this? That's fucking bullshit." Well, man. see, the thing is, like Jesus would have just given her the money and been like, "You need the money and the food stamps, much." <laughs> right.
2: Right. But- you can pick up the Insanity Check at theInsanityReport.com iTunes and Stitcher Smart Radio. Now, believe it or not, I've almost caught up to the rigorous schedule maintained by comedian Will Durst in producing our Bursto Durst segments. So this may be our last episode that we actually have to do a double dose of Durst for a while. So here's your first one now.
11: Hey guys, Will Durst here with a few choice words about the sticky, icky, tricky situation currently going down around Syria. It could say this commentary is going to be semi-serious. And semi I not, because it's a tale of conundrums. Let's start with the president, who's gotten pretty good at playing both sides against the middle. Learned to lead by dancing figure eights. The Pied Piper of the Potomac, waltzing up and down the M.C. Escher staircase. He's deadly serious about doing the right thing, just not sure what the right thing is. We have the intelligence, but aren't going to show anybody. Would prefer international cooperation, but totally willing to go it alone. Made his decision, but seeking congressional approval, even though he doesn't believe he needs it. Could very well follow their advice, or might just start bombing tomorrow, or next year. A red line in the sand has been crossed. Then again, sand is a lousy conductor of paint. Doesn't want to go to war, but wants to be warlike. This is an important vote, but not important enough for Congress to cut short their recess. Meanwhile, Republicans are torn between their natural hatred of Obama and their love of bombing the crap out of the Middle East. Boehner and Cantor both said they would vote for a limited punitive strike, but no other Republican is obligated to follow their lead. The Arab League is fine with it, but not giving permission. Obama wants to punish Bashar al-Assad, but doesn't trust the rebels as far as he could throw Portugal. Worried about rattling sabers, but doesn't want to look like a wuss especially right before meeting Putin. This is all about Syria, but mostly it's about Iran, not to mention Russia and China. Going to take military action to advance the cause of peace. He loves us, he loves us not.
2: For Suckatash, the podcast of comedy podcasts, I'm Will Durst. Our second Dollip O'Durst is coming up near the end of the show, so wait for it. Or if you can't wait for it, you can always visit his home site at willdurst.com. If you're a Twitterer, he's often a tweeting at Will Durst Anxiety Tea Party with host. Kathy Hopkins is a little like the mental illness happy hour with Paul Gilmartin, except that Kathy keeps the show's focus on anxiety in all its glorious forms. On a recent episode, she talked to longtime Prairie Home Companion performer, Erica Rhodes, about her particular anxiety flavor.
0: Do you find yourself having any sort of other like anxieties or anything else about uh your 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 career or day life in general that kind of get to you or that you have to find yourself dealing with still or?
12: Oh, yeah, no, I, um, I mean, one thing that I have in common with Maria Sanford is that, like, like, I, I was recently diagnosed with bipolar also. Okay. So, um, you know, that comes with a lot of anxiety. And I, um, I, I think I used to also really have social anxiety, like really get just kind of uncomfortable around people, mm-hmm. just not wanting to be in big, like, I hate big crowds. I still hate big crowds. I do not like going to concerts and things like that. Like mm-hmm. I much prefer just having a one on one with someone than like a group of people. Yeah. And I also have like a I have kind of I suffer from paranoia a lot. Like I think people don't like me, you know, like like that person hates me. Like for no reason. Yeah. I, like I just have this idea that someone doesn't like me.
0: That might be part of the social anxiety too. Who knows? I mean so- I
12: have that actually. And yeah, I'm
0: like they're 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 looking at me funny. Uh, they don't think I'm okay or something.
12: <laughs> judging me like stop judging me <laughs> yes. i serve to the best i can yeah i constantly feel judged and i don't know but yeah i have def- but I- but it's funny i actually have a lot of jokes about anxiety in my stand-up and stuff oh really yeah a joke <laughs> oh well one that's like like um i'm that person by the way. <laughs> i know <laughs> well there was one recently, what was it it was like um, I, I have self-esteem problems. Sometimes I think I might have an inferiority complex, but then I'm like, no, Erica, you are way better than that. Maybe I just have like the loser version of a superiority complex. <laughs> Either way, you've got to admit I've got some serious problems. Nice.
0: <laughs> you know, it's funny, like, I, 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 especially I think in Seattle, now that I'm a lot, around a lot more creative types than, because I lived on the eastern side of the state, uh for about a decade I hated it. But wow. um around a lot of creative people now, I know a few people that are bipolar and they're awesome. I don't see any of those stereotypical things that people are like, oh clearly there's something horrible and you don't want to be around them, you know. Right. And it seems to be something that more creative people tend to have.
12: Yeah, I think that's true. And um the interesting thing is like I I was diagnosed with it, kind of, but it's it's kind of a hard thing to diagnose. They're always sort of like not sure, you know. So moody. <laughs> but the thing that happened is that then I the whatever drugs they put me on really helped. Oh. And it took a while to get the right combination of stuff, but like it's helped me so much that it's kind of like, well, I don't care what I, what it is, mm-hmm. you know. Whatever they gave me helps. So nice. I had something, you know, like <laughs> it's like <laughs> something wrong with me. <laughs> Clearly there's a fixer for it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, especially, I used, I suffered more from depression, I think, than anxiety in general. In general, it was more like I got really depressed. Mm -hmm. And so now I don't really get those really bad lows anymore.
2: This past week over on This Week in Comedy Podcasts on Splitsider.com, I reviewed Harmontown, the podcast from Dan Harmon, the creator of NBC's Community. You know he's back this season after leaving last year. Uh, it's also with Jeff Davis, a great improviser from Whose Line Is It Anyway? It's a very entertaining show. They've uh, been on for only two more episodes in Suckatash, And here's a bit of a rambling clip that starts out talking about premium gasoline and ends up on having pizza in
8: bed. All right, so Computer, I, I have a, I have a Prius. Does it say it requires premium? I didn't look it up. It right. probably doesn't, right? No. no. No, so you don't need to put in premium. All right. It's
3: like the engine is tuned for whatever octane that they say.
8: I think the big selling point was you barely need to put in any gas. It's got a b- big battery I, in it. I mean Are you putting any gas in it? Yeah. You, you have to put in gas. Some. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Always, there has to be some gas. There's some in there. It gets yeah. alarmed when there's none in there. Yeah. I thought you were gonna get
3: a. Aren't you gonna get a Tesla at some point? I, I, I looked I mean, up the, t- the
8: Tesla. Is like I think it's like five hundred grand, and there's a waiting list. No, I can't. it's like sixty grand, my friend. Sixty has grand. grand. Yeah. yeah. There, there's models. There's levels of Tesla. Well, there. I don't want the Tesla Coach. I don't know, I don't. <laughs> Uh, the, the Tesla economy—it's <laughs> like a little, a little golf cart, no, it's but it's like, technically it's a like Tesla. 60 or 80, depending on how much you spend. All right. Well, t- I, t- I, have to, I have to, research it more. If it's, if it's under a hundred grand, like I, I might celebrate. It? Like the no, no, no. I'm <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> no. If it's, if it's under a hundred, and yeah, no, I would, I would, I would yeah. think about it again. You can get it from because I've had my, I've had my car for a long time. This is a, oh, oh, taking, this is taking a horrible direction. The premium gas is something that everyone can relate to. Listening to me talk about what car I want to buy next that's that's bad entertainment all right uh, well, well, well thank you Gabe you, you want to plug your new book uh, it's your book I'm reading your book uh, okay all right well, your book all right uh, the, uh, the, the Gabe Gabe everybody. gas knowledge Gabe gas gas Dave premium premium Gabe all right Boy, I I, I hit you with a tornado of topics and you just latched onto the worst, like the the most mundane. It's funny when you get attached to the mundane because you you live in a rarefied realm of craziness that when when you get bogged down with, uh, you know, plumbing or your gas, that's funny. Here's the thing I'd like to talk to you about. And I'd like to workshop this idea with you. Can we talk about the fact that backstage right before we came on and we don't talk about a lot before the show starts. Dan was singing the Milk Milk Lemonade. Yeah. And he said, Jeff, what is the chain? Oh, no, no, what was your question there? What's the button? What's the button? The, Push the button, pull the chain. It, I know the chain's your dick. Someone it, else asked what the chain is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Spencer asked, well, the, the belly button is your button. And, the, and, the, and Spencer said, what's the chain? It's your dick. Right. No, I think Aaron said, what's the chain? Oh, yeah? Maybe. It was me? It's Spencer. Spencer. <laughs> I, thought the, I thought the button might have been a nipple. But then when you said it was your belly button, that made more sense. Yeah. That, that might make me poop. Push it, pushing the belly button and then pulling my dick. Like, I, I, because that's never happened before. Whereas lots of people have touched my nipple. Well, like, You've you re- you referred to your penis as a little purple choo-choo train before. But, oh, yeah, well... All aboard. <laughs> well, not all. <laughs> one, at a, one at a time. Um, no, I want to talk to you, Jeff, about... Uh, okay, so you know, okay, so I was in bed today all day with my lover Aaron McGathy, uh, like, 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 not doing anything sexy or anything, like, like doing something that we love to do, which is sit and watch uh, uh, movies and, and eat pizza. That might embarrass her because she would rather you think that we were sitting in bed lifting weights or something, but, <laughs> or making love. Well, she would probably love for you to think that too. Yeah, I, I, I've been, I don't need you to have that mental image. I, I, I'd rather you see me like, like sitting in bed with one of those like back pillows. Watching. You guys eat pizza in bed? Fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's it's the best relationship ever and that we both love that. That the, is something I've never done. I've never had a pizza while in bed. Oh man. I've never eaten a pizza supine before. Welcome welcome to every Sunday at, at Danadu. Yeah, we just we 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 wake up and then we we roll over and grab the remote and, and there's a there's a flat panel on the wall and then you just like go to the Apple TV. I mean this is just unrepentant and, douchebaggery. And, 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 and do you grub hub? Who who gets out of bed? She gets she, she grubs the hub. Yeah, the eat <laughs> 24 does she? The Who gets out of bed to actually get the pizza from the front door? Or just the Grubhub gentleman coming and getting in bed with you?
2: <laughs> All aboard to Harmontown at their home site, Harmontown.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and they're also part of the Feral Audio Network. Frank Conniff is a very funny writer and comedian. He's currently working on Totally Biased with W. Kamau Bell, who has come up with a great concept that bends the parameters of podcasting, I think. They're these full-length musical comedy plays with the title springboard off of early TV's Playhouse 90. It's called Podhouse 90. Tyson Saner snipped us off this clip from the wonderful Pundits of Oz, which takes up, after the events as we know them, from The Wizard of Oz.
5: All the news, Oz News Network, all the news.
13: and commentary
7: that you seek. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. From the Emerald City and all the way down to the Yellow Brick Road in Munchkin Town. All the lions, tigers, bears, and witches have made us number one. So
5: deal with it, bitches. All the news! Oz News Network! All the news! Oz News Network! Good evening. If you're just joining us, our top story is the farewell rally in progress for Dorothy, the spunky farm girl from Kansas who flew into Oz and won everybody's heart when she used her quaint little cottage ...to decapitate the Wicked Witch of the East.
12: Then, when she murdered the Wicked Witch of the West with a bucket of water... ...everyone in Oz decided that this Dorothy gal is one vigilante killer we can all love.
5: Dorothy was supposed to travel back home to Kansas with our great and powerful wizard... ...but in a startling development, the hot air balloon he was in got loose... And the so-called great and powerful wizard flew away.
14: The wizard's poll
12: numbers had already been trending downwards. But his blurting out, I can't come back, I don't know how it works, was a political gaffe he will never recover from. Wait, this just in. Glinda the Good Witch has landed at Dorothy's farewell rally and has issued a proposal that could help Dorothy get back to Kansas.
5: This could be a breakthrough not just for Dorothy, but also for Glinda, whose popularity has been slipping. Certain photographs have been released of her dancing for money at the Munchkin Gentleman's Club, the Yellow Dick Road. These provocative photos put into question the very notion that she is a good witch at all.
12: Indeed. Let's rejoin Dorothy's farewell rally now. Dorothy is saying goodbye to her friends Tin Man, Cowardly Lion, and Scarecrow.
0: And Scarecrow. I think I'm going to miss you most of all.
15: Uh, Dorothy?
0: Yes, Cowardly Lion?
15: Uh, Tin Man and I are standing right here.
10: Well, Dorothy, now that a heart has finally been implanted in this hollowed-out tin body of mine, it's good to know that you have your favorite among us. That's just the kind of thing you want to hear
1: when you've just gained the power to have your feelings hurt. Okay, Dorothy. Now that you've made things really awkward and uncomfortable for your friends, it's time for you to go home. As a good witch, I love giving good news. So it is my pleasure to tell you that all you have to do to get back to Kansas is click your
0: ruby slippers together and say there's no place like home. That's all I have to do? That's all you have to do. Your ability to get home has always resided deep within your heart. You were capable of it all along. Oh,
14: okay. Why the hell didn't you tell me that before?
0: You had to learn it for yourself. Oh, okay.
14: Why didn't I have to learn it for
0: myself? Why didn't I have to be emotionally traumatized and attacked by flying monkeys and threatened with death and dicked around by the wizard? Why? (sighs) Sorry. Sorry. I'm... A little stressed out by everything that's just happened. I mean, this whole trip has been a bipolar, technicolored meltdown. I apologize for snapping at you like that, Glinda.
1: Oh, don't worry, my dear. I understand. Sure, of course. When things go bad, the thing to do is blame the good witch. Makes perfect sense.
15: Bitch. Let's just get this over with, okay? Come on, Dorothy. Just do what Glinda says.
0: Cowardly lion, are you anxious to get rid of me?
15: No, no, nothing could be further from the truth. I just really need to pee.
7: Why didn't you go before the ceremony, cowardly lion? Don't you remember? I clearly said, if you have to go to the bathroom, go now. Geez, I guess we all know why Dorothy just said to me, quote, I'm going to miss you most of all, Scarecrow.
10: Oh boy, Scarecrow,
2: the moment she said that to you, I knew we were never going to hear the end of it. They've got a big old cast over there uh, for the wonderful pundits of Oz on Podhouse 90, including Frank Conniff, the creator, but also with Melissa Velasenior, Dave Gruber Allen, J. Elvis Weinstein, David Higgins, Lorraine Newman, Emo Phillips, Dana Gould, Mark Thompson, Jamie Haddad Tompkins, Joe Keys, uh, and uh, there's probably some others that didn't even make that list. Line up for more at their home site, frankconniff.com slash podhouse90, and they're also on iTunes.
16: Hi, everyone. This is Ethan Dettenmeyer, producer of Combat Radio, and you're listening to the Epic Succotash Show, the comedy podcast
2: podcast. We haven't played anything from our old pal Ethan Dettenmeyer over at Combat Radio in a while, so it was nice to have Tyson Saner send in a clip from a recent show. Ethan had a couple of comedians on, Eric Mark and Justin Rivera, and then threw in the author of Why Are You Single, Sonia Everett McKee, Just to Stir the Pot.
16: Are you single?
14: Well, actually... Um, at the present moment.
2: Oh,
16: come on. Don't 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 oh. give us all that vocabulary words. No, are you single? And yeah. why are you single?
14: Oh, um, You're the I, author of the book. That's right. And um, actually, I'm single because By at choice. the time, I didn't know what I was doing to myself. Um, what God, were you doing to yourself? I was dating to eliminate. Hmm. And God revealed hmm. to me that many people go into it with the same method because of their past. And because show? of the hurt that I experienced, I wasn't letting that go, therefore I wasn't letting any new love in, and I wasn't letting the hurt out, so I was staying in the standstill mm-hmm. still in my life. And mm-hmm. I've learned from that, so I'm free from that, and I'm ready to take on a relationship in a healthy, welcoming way without any type so of... So if
16: you're walking down the street and someone approaches you, okay, you know, you're know you obviously open to it. Okay. Um, give us the three steps that he can say or make happen to... to, to- <laughs> To, to make it work with an author like you, at least get things started, and what are the three things you should do that will keep him single, which is the next book, I'm guessing. Stay single, right? Actually,
14: the you next book single. is called Get Your Life.
16: Get Your Life. Okay, well, I'll, I'll put life. together a book franchise for you later. Okay, you, you know, Justin can write the foreword on it because he's with this shit. But let's, so you're walking down the you're, – you're, fr- you're out front of the Chinese place next door, okay. right? Okay. And the guy comes up to you. Now, okay. what can he say to make you both of you less single? Does he have to drop God into it, or what does he do? No,
14: no, no, absolutely not. Actually, are you one of
16: these guys? If he's good looking, he's in the door for at least a, a, a you know, a, an evening.
14: He has my attention for he a has second. Your attention. He needs to start saying something out of his mouth that's going <laughs> to actually.
16: Like what? Like what can he, <laughs> he say to you, uh, as the author of a book? And I would imagine if you reveal that you wrote this book, that right. it becomes challenging for some people right away to date you, right? Because you're like the you know, this quote-unquote type therapist type, and it's like, oh, great, I'm dating the person who wrote the book while you're still single, yet she's single, I've got some challenges here. So if somebody walks up to you and they can say what? What gets it done with Sonya, the author?
14: Well, actually, it has to to be a man with confidence, number one. He has to be sure of himself, and he has to be sure of what he wants. That That will... exudes off of him and right away that would get my attention this man is confident he knows that he is the cabal the the type of guy that can actually get me keep me and let's walk
16: through this real quick okay, okay. <laughs> justin you play the part of the guy who oh sees God. her at the club you're performing yes. one of your epic dates huh. it's craziness it's mayhem it's standing room only you're uh, you're exiting stage right uh Sonia's conducting a live television interview backstage, and you guys meet. You decide, let's just say hypothetically, that you're going to talk to her. This Mm -hmm. woman's what you're looking for at that time. And you say, what? Go. Um, I believe in Jesus, and uh, let's bring God into this. So does that work right out of the gate? That looks that's that's pretty convincing in some <laughs> camps. No, <laughs>
14: it, because you're not talking to Jesus right now. You're talking to me. So many. I know, York. but you're
16: heavenly. What? What?
14: What? Game. Game, son. <laughs> uh, just gonna,
16: wow. That's game. <laughs> yes.
9: That's game. I have
16: to admit, he won that one.
10: Yes,
14: he, he did. Ding, one. ding, ding on his go. side on that one. <laughs> I know how to yeah.
10: talk. I know how to talk to black girls. Don't worry.
14: Okay. Hurry. Oh
16: wait, okay. wait, 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 wait! Why break it down and okay. do a racial stereotype okay. like that? Hey. It's okay. different. Every girl, every
10: every race is different. You gotta talk. You gotta talk to them. differently.
16: I don't think it differs by race. It is. No, it is cultural group. Perhaps. Okay. This is why the guy was offended though. when he was on the Latin Voice because yeah. he's not Latin. It uh, was the Latin America's Got Talent. That's the same. same <laughs> okay. thing. Okay. Anyway. All right. So so you. So, so he calls after, you heavenly and you're, uh, he you're calls like. Calls
14: me heavenly and then I'll say, well, you thank you for recognizing. Uh, the blessings that I was gifted with. So now, tell me how that's going to benefit you. Uh,
15: well, I like to walk around with a Nubian princess, such as yourself, uh, because it makes me look good at the black comic shows.
14: Oh my oh, god! So already
16: you're trying to pawn her into a profiteering <laughs> exactly. scheme. Exactly. You're, you're, Just looking so at so her and you're thinking, now I can get, now I can get booked into the Apollo. <laughs> now that, now that booking's going to happen.
15: They, I'm validated with a, so you, with a, with a. With a, a, a ebony female in my arm. I was
14: convinced of the egg. skill set. He just, when just he, got a strike he right now. He goes, he, goes, he goes,
16: I want to walk around and look good. I was like, oh, I can see that working. But as soon as you it, that <laughs> way, said that, I can that. get
2: booked into the <laughs> certain clothes. <laughs> oh. You will find Combat Radio bivouacked over at latalkradio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and they are also up on YouTube. I've got to reach out and uh, say howdy to Ethan Detmeyer and get him back on the show. Maybe he'll be at the podcast festival. We can talk to him there. It's Tweet Sack time, that portion of the show, when we desperately see if anyone has reached out to us via Twitter, email, Facebook, or by calling into the Succotash hotline at area code 818-921-7212. That is not a toll-free call. We haven't got any calls for a while. Maybe we should start a toll-free line because nobody wants to pay the paltry sum just to call into this show. But if you did happen to call us at the Succotash Hotline, 818-921-7212, and leave some kind of message, pretty much any kind of message at this point, I will probably play it back on the show. I've already mentioned that uh, that great tweet we got this week from Stitcher letting us know that my interview with the Podcast 101 show is in their top 10 places to go for new podcaster to help get tips about podcasting. So that's pretty cool. And I read the email I got from Dean and Phil over at the Chill Pack Hollywood Hour. So I kind of got into the tweet sack a little early. One place I don't mention, but that you're welcome to drop us a line is the comments section at our home site on succotash So far in the two and a half years that I've been doing this show, the only things we ever get there is spam. So maybe I'll read some of that from this past week. Let's see from Calder string quartet. Hi there. Do you know if they're making any plugins to safeguard against hackers? I'm kind of paranoid about losing everything I've worked hard on any tips. Uh, yeah, stay off the web. That's easy enough. From Guanidato, order cheap Levitra. And then there's a link. I'll have to check that out and get back to you. From Snarla Julma, best loans. And then there's a link. Same deal as the cheap Levitra. I'll report back, huh? I guess it's not spam after all. I didn't realize they were all so legitimate. I'll have to check those comments more carefully in the future. All right, with nothing else to uh, to find in the Tweet Sack, let me run down a list of some of the kindly folks who have tweeted, retweeted, favorited, or direct messaged Suckatash on Twitter this past week. The sushi Douche, That Guy Travis, that's our friend Travis Clark, by the way, who is just on a great episode of Walking the Room this past week. Don't Quit Your Daycast, Nug13. Paul Mercurio, Jimmy Schubert, last week's guest, The Wrong Foot, Broadcast Basement. Those guys got me signed up on their fantasy football league, even though I know nothing about about football. The first week of the season, last week, my team, the Succotash Rocks, came in first. I I have no idea how or why, and I've been afraid to see what's happened this week. Comedy show at 89 North, L.A. Podcast Festival, Rooster Teeth Feathers, Blaine Capatch, Podcaster 101, the RVS Podcast, Caleb Eats Bacon, Monica Homburg, Ron Ferraro, Storyworthy, Sweet Feathery Jesus, Eat KS, Nikki Calabrese, John Anilio, 76th Street Pod, and Emmy Lou, 1983. And as a special thank you and tip of the old succotash pot to everyone who went up to our home site, succotashhow.com, and clicked on the donate button to help us defray the cost of doing this free podcast, I'm going to read off the list of this week's donators. That's it for the Tweet Sack this episode. Listen next time when Tweety says.
1: Hello friends, whether you are a believer or not in all of this global climate change malarkey, there's no denying that the world's weather has taken on an odd end of day's look and feel. A day that's bright and balmy one moment can change into a dark and stormy with no warning at all. Which is why the design team at Henderson's Pants has come up with a new exciting breakthrough. Poncho, poncho Pants. Yes, for the first time in trouser history, or trousery as we like to say, you can own a stylish pair of pants fit for any business meeting or social occasion, which is also equipped with a sturdy pullover poncho that not only comes with a hood, but is 100% waterproof to boot. The poncho, super thin and made of high-density mylar, is compressed using Henderson's patented microfold technology, and tucked into the Rear waistband of the pants. Now, at the first drop of moisture, simply reach behind your own back, like this, and with a good stiff yank on the poncho, as if giving yourself, how, oh, a melvin or a wedgie? Well, you unfurl the garment over, oh this hurts. Un- sorry, unfurl the garment over your head and down in front of yourself. You'll be as right as rain and dry as a bone, ready to get on with the business at hand. Henderson's poncho pants are perfect for both men and women. Be sure to check out our other foul-weather garments, the skinny jean serape, the coverall cords, and our denim and duster western combo. Originally designed for Neil Sedaka, Gene Kelly, Credence Clearwater Revival, and anyone else who gets those references, <laughs> Henderson's poncho, poncho pants, pants are available anywhere cold fronts and warm fronts like to smack into each other. That's Henderson's, dressing on the left and on the right since 1837 because we're just that big. And now back to Sakatash.
2: Thank you, Bill Haywatt. I look forward to a a Boozin' with Bill segment, I hope, coming up very soon on this very show. Not not today's episode, but soon in the future. Uh, And thank you to Henderson's Pants for continuing to sponsor the show, uh, which is why we need your donations, because they don't pay us anything to run those commercials. Our buddy Jeffrey Welchman over at the Inverse Delirium podcast shot us a clip this week. Actually, he sent it a couple of weeks ago, but I lost it in the tweet sack. Tweety! Somehow I lost it in there. Uh, so he's resent it in because he realized that the last couple of clips from Inverse Delirium he's given us uh, didn't actually have him in them. They had other, other people that were visiting and cast members, things like that. So here's Jeffrey now in a piece about EVPs, or electronic voice phenomena.
15: Listener, have you ever taken a portable digital recorder, walked into an empty room in an empty house, pressed record, and asked the room what its name was? Of course you haven't. That would be silly. But there are some who do. There are even some who do who have television shows where they claim to record ghostly voices while completely alone, apart from the cameraman, soundman, key grip, and comic relief sidekick. We invited to the program Ms. Chelania Foghorn of the Association for Finding Patterns in Random White Noise. She's here to explain EVP, or Electronic Voice Phenomenon. Phenomena. Stop that. Uh, Ms. Foghorn, thank you for agreeing to stand up to our withering skepticism.
17: That's nice of you, but I was on Regis and Kathy Lee once. Now that was a tough interview.
15: Perhaps you could start by telling us what EVP recordings are.
17: It's easiest to explain by demonstrating. Oh. Do you mind?
15: I see you have a little digital recorder there.
17: Yes, I'll show you how the process works. First, I go to the location of the haunting and isolate myself in a closed room. For the sake of the demonstration, we'll use your studio. Uh,
15: Obviously not ideal.
17: That's correct, but apart from the three of us and your sound engineer and that fly on the wall and the small studio audience, we are alone in this studio. Now, normally, I ask the empty room a series of questions, and if there is a ghostly presence, it will answer, but very, very quietly. Hence the recorder. It is such a delicate instrument that it can pick up these voices.
15: Really? May I take a look at it?
17: Sure. Catch.
15: Oh. Oh, dear. I'm I'm afraid I wasn't quick enough.
17: Oh, well, no worries. I've dropped it before. Okay, we'll give it a try. Silence, please. I'm turning the recorder on. Is there anyone here? Is there anyone here?
15: I don't hear anything.
17: Don't forget, as I said, the recorder is so fine-tuned that it can pick up the slightest vibration. Here, why don't you replay it?
15: Oh, I'm I'm so sorry. Perhaps you shouldn't keep tossing it to me like that.
17: It's fine, really. Road rugged. Okay. Now, play that recording through your system.
15: Okay. Connie, cue this up for us, please.
17: Is there anyone here? Is there anyone here?
15: I don't hear anything. Quite extraordinary. Thank you. If I hadn't heard this with my own ears, I would have said you were a charlatan and a liar.
17: Yes, it's easy to be a skeptic until you hear the evidence for yourself.
15: And you say you've brought more evidence with you?
17: I have indeed. It is an incredulous recording.
15: Okay. Connie, can you
17: cue that up for us? So, the fuzziness you hear is the room's ambient noise. Again, the recorder is so fragile and sensitive to the tiniest frequency.
15: What was that?
17: Oh, that's where I dropped it down the stairs. Uh. As I was saying, you do have to boost the volume to hear the voices. I don't want to influence you in any way, so I'll just ask, do you hear anything?
15: My golly, yes. Yes, it sounds like a ghost baby.
17: That's just what I thought, too.
15: Very impressive, Miss Foghorn.
17: Yes, this is the one we hope the naysayers in the so-called scientific community will finally have to accept. Ah, and here comes another voice.
14: Oh! Hey, uh, nice. uh, no cry. Uh, uh,
17: Isn't that amazing? It sounds like a ghostly mother comforting the ghost baby. It
15: really does.
17: Oh. Oh, it's okay. It's
15: okay. And there's no chance that your recorder could pick up other kinds of signals, is there?
17: Other kinds of signals? Like what?
15: Oh, I don't know. Uh, frequencies from wireless baby monitors? Honey,
17: could you get the formula? Uh,
15: okay, or mean... nearby CB radios? Uh, sunspots?
17: No, nothing like that. Our system is foolproof. That's why we're on television.
15: Well, thank you very much for bringing shivers to our show, Miss Foghorn. And
2: here's your recorder back. Oh, crap. Thank you, Jeffrey. Uh, anybody ever listen to terrestrial radio anymore? One of my favorite shows, uh, it's still on there, uh, is Coast to Coast, originally with Art Bell and now with George Norrie. And... Uh, Man, they would play, and they probably still do, uh, these electronic voice phenomena for real. And they are pretty darn creepy. But uh, thanks to Jeffrey Welchman and Inverse Delirium for sending this week's sample of that in. You can find more audio sketches and general tomfoolery over at InverseDelirium.com, iTunes, and Stitcher as well. You know, if Kevin Smith's modcast brand were in grocery stores, they would have tons of consumer facings, as they're called, because there are so many different flavors. Tyson Saner sent us in a clip from edumacation, where Kevin gets schooled by someone new every time. This time, it's Tonight Show writer Andy McElfresh, who gives us the straight scoop on something called prosopagnosia.
18: I'm going to get me some education. You're going to get some education, You know, what I look for this week to talk to you about, really, I wanted to find some crossover between... Your world and mm-hmm. the world of science, and I'm going to do that with Brad Pitt. Holy shit! Yes, I am. He's when the you think pin. of the world of science, I'm sure you think of Brad Pitt. He's the door to the unknown. He's the knob. Doorway to the unknown. He is the knob. <laughs> He's the knob. He, uh, he in a in a interview with Esquire magazine that's coming out. He, uh, he claims to have a disorder called prosopagnosia. What's is that? That is face blindness. You can see all the features of a face, Mm -hmm. but through either some traumatic brain injury or uh, something that happened, a birth defect or something that happened to your brain, you're unable to put them all together and recognize them. And the human brain has a incredible power for recognizing differences in faces. I mean, it's it's pretty unbelievable. You can, I mean, the statistics are that you could meet, 15,000 people and be able to distinguish each one of their faces. You may not be able to remember their names, but you would be able to say, no, no, that's not the guy that, you know, I I met the other day. It's somebody else who looks exactly like him. There's just, you know, it's part of, I guess it's part of the survival instinct. Who knows? But Brad Pitt can't do that. He can't do that. He shares that. Disorder with Oliver Sacks, the famous uh, neuroscientist. The From Awakenings? Yes. Rob, Robin Williams in Awakenings? Robin Williams in Awakenings. Uh, the he guy, also
13: has this disorder?
18: He does have this disorder, and he uh, he discussed it with uh, Sanjay Gupta. And he was, you know, they, uh, Sanjay Gupta is holding up pictures of, uh, you know, Marilyn Monroe and Oliver Sacks is like, I have no idea who that is, so I will use other visual clues to try to identify it. I thought he was going to be like, so I will use my lifeline.
11: <laughs> yes, that's what he did. <coughs> How does he do it? How does he? <coughs>
18: so he was able things? to go to other clues. He says, like, well, you know, it's a black and white photograph. It's uh, <coughs> so in a very provocative pose based on her hairstyle. And you're saying that she's very famous. I'm guessing it's uh, Marilyn Monroe. But he wasn't able to recognize Elvis. Even if he was like, he's like an famous answer? dude. And the guy's like, I just can't even tell you. He looks intense. That's all I can tell you. So he wasn't like famous dude who sings. Yeah. The, he didn't he was, narrow it down. Things in a box. Things are around. Yeah, things no, that eat too much peanut butter. Yeah. He, <laughs> it's not. He wasn't a Dick Clark at the end of the, the pyramid. <laughs> where he's like, what if I had said, <laughs> love me tender? Oh, God. Elvis. <laughs> why weren't you my guy, Dick? Exactly. That was cruel. That was particularly cruel at the end of Pyramid. I know. Where Dick would come over and almost want <laughs> Yes. Taught you with the fact that like if this had been said, you would be richer. But it wasn't. So moving on. You know that you know they're just ready with that edit button for the guy to be like, oh fuck you, dick. Oh, even in the 70s, they must have been like,
9: fuck! Why didn't you fucking
5: boop 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 boop? Why didn't you boop fucking Nipsey Russell? Boop 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 <laughs> <laughs> Match game has been canceled. If you want to
2: learn, register at smodcast.com and hunt around for the EduMication tab. And of course, extension courses are available at iTunes and on Stitcher Smart Radio. Uh, I thought this next clip uh, was appropriate to put here right after Kevin Smith. Uh, I had not heard of the Evil Teddy Bear p- podcast, but they've done over 100 episodes, so kudos, boys. The tagline on their home site reads, two film freaks, one podcast, and a shitload of movies. So this is mainly a movie review-slash-tribute-slash-slap-fest with hosts Corey Epps and Thomas Fine. In the clip that our friend Tyson Saner sent in, their guest was Steve Seavers, and they talk about their first Kevin Smith movie experiences.
19: We were talking about Kevin Smith a little bit uh, beforehand, though, too, yeah. weren't we? Yes. Yeah.
4: They um, both uh, love him quite a bit, so.
19: Yeah. Um. Just to reiterate, what was your first Kevin Smith movie?
4: Uh, I, I saw Clerks, and then I saw Marat, so. And then I did see Chasing Amy in the theater of only two other people, and then, yeah, that, I almost I saw all his other movies.
19: Yeah. I saw, I mean, I've seen all his movies, but my first one was Dogma, pretty much, and I think I think when that came out, I was, like, in elementary school, so it was probably about two, maybe three years after that movie came out,
4: uh, when I was, like, yeah. in
19: middle school, I, I watched I don't it. look
4: like it, but I'm 33, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was in, uh, I think, I was in high school when Mallrats came out, and... Yeah, someone told me about oh he did his movie Clerks before, you should check it out. So Yeah. So I think we did a movie Marathon, we watched both back to back and I was like, wow, this guy's awesome.
19: <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever you've seen that uh tenth anniversary uh edition of Clerks, right? The yeah one, when he's yeah. had the extended version of it.
4: Yeah, it's cool. It has like a twenty minute different opening.
19: Yeah, definitely. And one uh, of the one of the weirder things though, and I'm glad they took it out, is the fact that Dante gets shot at the end of the movie.
4: Yeah.
19: <laughs> Which is, you know, like, okay. uh, I mean, it's, it's just like, okay, this was a funny, happy movie, and then it just ends on such a down note.
4: Yeah, yeah, that would have been... Can, Sometimes it's the reason why things get cut out,
19: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. Right. Have you, uh... Are you going to see the... Uh, what was it? The, I think it's called the Jane Bob
4: Super Movie. cartoon yeah. I really want to see that. So, like, because... My favorite Jay and straight back. Just, I mean, more Jay, the better. So a cartoon version of that. Yeah. <laughs>
19: so. Yeah, what's weird is, is that Jay is the guy that's in charge of this movie, basically. Oh. he's He's picking up like... That's why like,
4: tweeting about it nonstop.
19: <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, if it'll keep you off drugs, then he's like, I need something to keep me off drugs again. So Kevin just handed him the comic book, and then just, yeah. bam... Because, I mean, it was originally, for people who don't know, uh, Blunt, it was based off a of Blunt, Man, and Chronic comic book, yeah. uh, graphic novel that's out there now, that they mm-hmm. put together, I think, around the same time for, like, Chasing Amy, I want to say.
4: Yeah, it came out um, right before the movie. Um, but I think it was kind of planned, because uh, since they had it in the actual movie, you know, so.
19: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean... I thought that was pretty good. There's another, there's a Chasing Amy, I want to say there's a Chasing Amy manga out in Japan.
4: Oh, really? That I yeah. that I heard. There was, a, there, was a, there was a graphic novel I had that bridged the gap between Chasing Amy and Dogma.
19: Chasing Shows Dogma?
4: It's how Bob went out to um, Illinois.
19: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cool. Yeah, Chasing Dogma, I think it was called. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah,
2: you're right. I'm not exactly sure which of the Evil Teddy Bear Podcast's home sites is actually their home, but you can Google them or start at eviltedpodcast.blogspot.com. Other options include, inevitably, iTunes and Stitcher. This episode of Suckatash, we bring to a close replaying Season 1 of Boganwood, the podcast miniseries out of Australia from our friend Jason McNamara. That's right. Uh, This episode, we've got uh, episode eight, the last in the series, and just in time, as it seems, because the first episode of season two has just dropped. Yes. So you can uh, listen to this and then hop right over to uh, Boganwood.com and pick up the action. Here's the last bit of my chat with Jason about the show, and then we'll get right into closing episode eight from season one has it given you uh, ideas for other projects that move away from the Boganwood idea in terms of either other sort of podcast ideas or, I mean, I could definitely see when I looked at the written version of the first season, I could see that being performed in a theater. You know, I mean, (laughs) I mean, literally make it into a play.
13: Uh, uh, yeah, there there have been thoughts of that. And we've got a TV station called SBS where they have this show called Howzo's, which is like a um, an extreme version of Boganwood. Hmm. Um, uh, I see I see Boganwood more as a kind of a shameless, um, I don't know if you're aware of the UK show Shameless. It's more of a kind of you've got to love these characters as well as enjoy the kind of flow to it and stuff. Yeah,
2: they've got, they've got SBS, a version now on uh, Showtime.
13: Yeah, yeah. And it's very similar. Like the American version is very similar except the Americans try to explain too much, whereas the English just kind of go, Hey, he's an he's an alcoholic. That's who he is. But uh <laughs> yeah, I no, we, it to be we more... want everybody
2: to have a heart of gold here. I don't know why.
13: That's it. <laughs> but with uh Boganwood I wanted um I wanted it to be more shameless. So there's the drama, the thrills, the comedy, all that kind of stuff. I wanted it to be an actual story. Whereas SBS, uh, which is our cultural kind of T V station uh, has this house, which is a complete extreme version of the comedy where mm-hmm. it's very kind of like it's very slapstick and stuff like that. Um, but I thought, I, I have thought on many occasions of sending them through a uh, polished version of the script um, to give an episode one and see what would happen yeah. with that. Uh, plus, my passion is directing, so I also thought about turning it in. Well, I haven't thought about it. There will be a video web series version of it coming in the near future um, with hashtag FU Josh and me being the uh, main characters. And we've actually even cast Sheila as well, but um, <laughs> because directing it, yeah? is my passion. She is. It's actually uh, my sister is um, – she said to me the other day, is she still going to have to play Sheila when we get the web series going? And I said, yes, because <laughs> she's got this full Bogan car and she has the Bogan accent and stuff like that. She can flip it on and off whenever she wants. So, yeah, the vision is to turn it into a video medium as well because I thought it would be good. Welcome to Boganwood Australia. In today's adventure... We check back in on Sheila, Dingo and Bricko as we come to the grand finale to season one of Boganwood. Jimbo was pissed and sitting in the only motor transport left for the boys to leave in. What the fuck were you pulling? He yelled. I knew I couldn't trust you cunts. Well, Jimbo, mate, we didn't technically call the cops. That was your neighbour. There's no technicality about it, you dumb fuck. Jimbo yelled. How are you ever going to pay me back? Well, Jimbo, we figured we ain't done nothing wrong, so we won't be paying you back. What do you mean you won't be paying me back, Jimbo asked. Well, Jimbo, it would appear that you have a busted leg, and now that there's two of us, we could kick your fucking ass, Dingo said, looking at Bricko for support. Now, Jimbo, we're not inclined to take violence out on people. Only those wearing security jackets, but I think you get the point, Bricko continued. ''Well, fuckers, even with my busted leg, I could still kick your fucking ass,'' Jimbo said as he started to climb out of the car. Whilst Jimbo and the boys were arguing, Sheila was speeding towards Jimbo's place, in a car, with a friend of hers that she had recognised whilst yelling and screaming in old Centrelink. Now, it shouldn't go without mention that Sheila didn't go and get her doll check. She just walked in and yelled, ''I need to leave and when I fucking get back, I want my fucking doll check!'' That's when she spotted someone that could help her with the old Jimbo's place situation. Jimbo stepped out of his car and turned as the car sped towards him. He stared at Dingo and Bricko in horror as the car continued to drive faster and faster. What the fuck have you done, you silly cunts? Jimbo said as he quickly jumped back into the car and started it. I'll fucking get you back and it ain't gonna be pretty, he yelled as he sped off down the road in the opposite direction of where the car was coming from, faster and faster towards them. All of a sudden the car came to a halt and Dingo and Bricko stared at each other and then at Sheila in the passenger seat. Sheila jumped and looked at the bruise on Dingo's face. What the fuck have they done to you? Sheila asked Dingo. Well me and Bricko had us a plan and stuff, but that fucking security guard from the club turned up. ''How the fuck did that happen?'' Sheila asked. ''Well, it's a long story. We should go, we should go down to the pub and have a bit of a discussion about it,'' Bricko said as he reached into his pocket and pulled out the window washing earnings. ''Do you think he can make can give us a lift?'' ''Well, I should probably explain who that is,'' Sheila said as the boys climbed into the back seat. As Dingo and Bricko got into the car, there was a baby seat in the centre of the back seat, and in the front of the car was a familiar face. ''Fucking Jimbo's ex!'' Now, it's a common story in Boganwood that Jimbo was a bit of a ladies' man who had been dodging child support for months, moving from house to house to keep ahead of his ex, Karen, or Kaza, as she liked to be known. She'd gotten pregnant to old Jimbo and she'd been hitting him up for child support. But every time he did, he kept running and saying he didn't have a job. This was the first time in months that Casa has been able to track him down and the reason why old Jimbo fucking pissed off real quick. To say that she owed them was an understatement. Although he got in gotten away yet again, the fucker. Kazza turned to the boys. All right, boys, let's head to the pub. My mum's got the barb so I can put one on and talk about where you think I'll oh, Jimbo my puppy's head up again. Sound like a fucking plan? Fuck yeah! Dingo and Bricko yelled at the same time. Nah, 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 no fucking way, Sheila yelled. I want my fucking doll check. Get me to fucking Centrelink. The crew pulled up to Sennelik. Sheila bolted out of the car and barged her way into the front counter. She was a woman on a mission and no one was going to fucking stop her. The receptionist saw her coming and paid the security guard, but fucking no one came. The manager sulked his way to the counter and whispered to the receptionist, What do you mean the security guard's caught in sick? Diesel's never fucking sick. She turned to Sheila, who was pissed. Where's my fucking doll check? But, 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 it's not dull day, ma'am, the receptionist said. I ain't no fucking ma'am and it is fucking dull day. The supervisor turned to her manager for support. I'm sorry you're disappointed, but we can't issue checks here, I'm sorry. Can we get your details and we'll get back to you? No, you fucking can't, you bored-headed fuck. Now, I'm sorry, you can't use language like that. What are you, fucking racist or something? Sheila yelled. Oh, I, I'm sorry, I, I'm confused. What What does race have to do with me talking about your language? Yeah, I think you're fucking confused, all right. Go and get my doll check or I'm going to ring Julia Gillard and stuff and go to current Affair over you refusing to pay a pregnant woman. And you were racist towards me and you swore at me, Sheila continued her rant. The manager didn't know what to do. This was unprecedented and there was no one to help him. It was at that moment the brick walked in wearing the old security jacket and the manager felt a sense of relief wash over him. Thank you, sir. Uh, this bogan needs to be removed off the premises, please. Bricko didn't understand at first, but then he remembered the old jacket he was wearing, and they thought he was the fucking security guard. He reached over and whispered something to the manager. All of a sudden, the manager's face went white. Sheila continued her tirade on everything and anything she could think of. And then I was fucking thrown out on the streets and physically assaulting you wouldn't help me and made me fucking homeless. The manager turned to Sheila. I'm sorry for any inconvenience that we have caused you. I will go and get your cheque straight away. Sheila stopped fucking ranting and turned to Bricko as the manager started to walk off. What you fucking say to him? She asked. Don't you worry about what I said to him. That's between me and him. Bricko smiled at Sheila. Dingo and Kazza sat in the car waiting as Sheila and Bricko walked out of the office and got into the car. Let's go to the pub, Sheila yelled. I've got my fucking doll check. So that's where we leave Dingo, Bricko, Sheila and now Kazza on their way to the pub for another antic and another fun-filled night. But make sure you come back to Boganwood in Season 2, which will be coming very soon, but come back to Boganwood to find out the latest antics of Dingo, Bricko and Sheila, as they continue to strive for a bit of cash. Or rooting for the money, as some people say. But remember what they always say in Boganwood? "You a fucking know you, can.
9: You just experienced Boganwood. Go to Boganwood.com for more awesome shows or check them out on iTunes or Stitcher. Jimbo's car
13: sped up the road as a number of thoughts crossed his mind. How the fuck had they found Kaza? she he'd been dodging her for months. It was time he stopped underestimating these fuckers. Ever since he'd been involved with Dingo and Bricko it all started to turn to shit. He tried to work through his next move. Should he move states? Should he keep running? Or should he just stay the fuck away from Bricko and Dingo? No fucking way he thought as he made his way towards Centrelink. As he pulled into the car park, away from the crew sitting in Kaz's car, Jimbo watched as Sheila got back into the car with Bricko, waving around a doll check. This was far from over, he thought, and there was no way he was going to let them get one over on him again. He followed them to the pub and watched as they got out of the car, cheering and yahooing and stuff. Jimbo watched in silence, waiting for his opportunity to arise, and that's when it happened.
2: Are you ready for more Bogans? Well, you can go check out the second season of Boganwood, which just started dropping this past week, at boganwood.com or boganwood.tumblr.com if you'd like to read the scripts as well. So thanks for uh, letting us serialize the first go-round, jabs and best of luck with the second season of Boganwood. We close out the show with our second Burst of Durst. this episode. Is the U.S. really the world's policeman? Durst has a perspective on that.
11: Hey guys, Will Durst here with a few choice words about Barack Obama's unique concept of a war with an intermission. Look out everybody, seems as if we got ourselves a president more comfortable hitting the pause button than fast forward. As focused on an entrance strategy as an exit strategy. The world's policeman just stopped at a flashing red and pulled over to the side to finish his bag of donuts. And in that, just like the father of two young girls going to punish Assad by giving him a timeout. Some of our intelligence may be suspect, but the intelligence of our leader is becoming apparent. And to all the people accusing the president of sending mixed messages, so sorry for the rain delay in your regularly scheduled war. But your distress is understandable. First he wants targeted punitive strikes against the Syrian government. Now he's not sure. He zigs, then he zags. Instead of shock and awe, we get talk and law. Must be what those liberals call diplomacy. Not used to seeing it, Bush was resolute, like a derailed train. Obama is more like a strawberry smoothie. Of course we're confused, we have a right to be, but it's war, you want to get it right, right? You think we're war-weary? You should talk to the Syrians. And, of course, everything we know is wrong. Dennis Rodman has become a goodwill ambassador. Vladimir Putin is now a peace advocate. What's next? Kim Kardashian, the molecular chemistry consultant? At least Russia will be able to tell whether or not Assad is lying about the strength and size of his chemical weapons cache. After all, they're the ones who sold him the stuff. And now, Congress can stop worrying about being nailed down on a war position and, and, and get back to the important business at hand, voting to repeal Obamacare again. For Suckatash, the podcast of comedy podcasts, I'm Will
2: Durst. Remember to pay Will a visit at willdurst.com or follow his rantings and ravings at Will Durst on Twitter. All right, I have worked my way through my backlog of the clips that honorary associate producer Tyson Saner has sent in. Tyson, thanks so much for doing that. Really appreciate it. All of our bursoders are up to speed. I do need some new Henderson's Pants commercials, so let me talk to uh, Old Man Henderson and Bill Haywatt about getting some of those under our belt, so to speak. Remember that we will be at the L.A. Podcast Festival october 4th through the 6th in the podcast lab if they'll have us um so uh, while i'm out rounding out more fabulous podcast entertainment for our next episode i have uh, a favor to ask of you would you mind passing the succotash
1: you've been listening to succotash the comedy podcast podcast with your host mark Hershan. ...brought to you by... ...Henderson's Pats... ...and... ...imagine your company's name... ...right here... ...find us on the web... ...at SuckatashShow.com... ...on iTunes... ...or on Stitcher Smart Radio... ...you can also like us on Facebook... Follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Email us at marc at or call into the Suckatash hotline at our toll call number 818-921-7212. That number again is 818-921-7212. Suckatash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, the home of the hit. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, Reminding you to please pass the succotash. Goodbye.
7: Now, we're going to make a dish today, Jan, that is based on good, fresh corn.
8: Well, the whole thing is so delicious. It's amazing.
7: She cheated and tasted before you got here. <laughs> a oh, lot of it. <laughs> let me tell you how I cook corn. Okay. I go back to the stem end mm-hmm. and just feel where the cob starts. Right. And get a sharp knife, which this one isn't and cut that off okay uh i do the same thing on the other end just feel for the end of the cob and
0: cut. you're not going to worry about shucking it or silking it or anything i'm
7: not going to chuck it a bit i'm not going to silk it a bit uh i then put that gotta get these knife sharpened jan it's your <laughs> fault that it's so dull i don't know why but it is uh, <laughs> take that piece of corn put it in a 350 degree oven not a microwave 350 degree oven let it cook about 25 minutes, bring it out. Let it cool enough that you don't burn yourself. And you've got corn that is moist, sweet, tender. I don't put butter on it. I don't put salt on it. I just eat it.
14: It's and really good. We've been picking really out good. A bowl.
7: Yeah. Now, we're going to make that into a succotash, corn and limas. Right. And then we're going to turn that into a salad. That's so I've doing. got four ears of corn that I cooked the way I just showed you, uh, cut off. Uh, I've got a pound bag of frozen succotash. I'm talking all this stuff about fresh stuff, Yeah. and I'm using frozen, but don't say it anything. We've got little tomatoes, grape tomatoes, that were grown up in Granger County. Of course. Uh, and then we've got a bell pepper and a red onion that I have no idea where they were grown uh, <laughs> to make up the salad. Now, the dressing is kind of interesting. There's a half cup of mayo in this big thing. But it,
14: you used a low fat mayo. I
7: use low fat, half the calories, half the uh, oil, and it's good. In it that really is some good. chopped up basil, about three tablespoons. That's exactly one clove of garlic. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I do things very precisely when I'm making a salad. And then we're going to put in a teaspoon of Worcestershire, just like that. And then we're going to put in salt and black pepper to taste. And that will taste like enough salt and uh, some pepper. Then we stir that maybe up, put it on there. I'll stir it up for you. Yeah, and uh, re- then refrigerate this at least a couple of hours because these definitely the flavors need to blend. Yes. And so, and that's really all there is to it. Make all a, of Make good. a great, great, let's just put it on later. Okay, <laughs> we'll get it uh, out of the way? Yeah, okay. and, and I'll put it right over here with that ear of corn that I'll roast in the oven and a half of my lunch, and you come out with, did we look at the centerpiece? We ought to. We need to. This is proof. Put your hand over there and let them see how big that centerpiece is. See, that's an enormous one. It's baby. I think I hurt myself carrying it in, but that's... <laughs> there you go. There's the salad, ready. Uh, you can make this in the morning. It'll hold up nicely. Make it in the morning, serve it for dinner. Just cover it tightly, keep it in the refrigerator. I tell you all this when you get the recipe, and you know how you get that, don't you? Chef's recipe, 6450 paper Mill Drive. Knoxville, Tennessee, 37919, send your self-addressed stamped envelope, or go to Local 8
14: now and get it now, and you won't need an envelope. No last names, please. (laughs)